Hey y'all, it's Hannah Chun, and you're listening to the Candid Athletic Training Podcast. Here's my new segment edition for the show. It's called Daily Dad Jokes. What do you call a cow with a twitch? Beef jerky. Thanks so much, Chad and Kevin. You guys are awesome. The athletic training community appreciates everything you do for us. So much love since you're away from Alabama. Have a great day. I'm gonna need an interpreter for that that intro. What do you mean? I, I don't. I have. Don't, I don't speak understand. South. I don't. I don't speak Alabama anymore. <laughs> anymore? <laughs> you did at one point. Dave, Dave, I need your help. From one Auburn alum to another. Yeah. Thanks, Hannah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I understood everything you said. Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Dad jokes. I wonder why we're doing dad jokes now. I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Have you learned any new dad jokes lately? Yeah, it's called sleep. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. That Actually, is, it is probably the joke. Let's go back to the beef jerky, though. Well, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say, but let's go back to before you, I had a kid. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Do you really think that is the ultimate joke? Like everybody's telling you you're not gonna get any sleep, but then you don't realize it until you actually have the kid, and then you're like, yeah, I really don't sleep. I think that's the ultimate joke. Yeah, it's, I think your parents are funny. secretly like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sucker>. payback. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, dad jokes, no, beef jerky. I want. Yeah. Do you? Are you a fan? Like, what's your? You Dude, like, I love beef jerky. You do love it. Do you have a flavor or just original? Um, original to if it's if it's on the like peppery. Oh. Like, you and to be honest, if you if there's like pepper on something. I probably like it. Um, see, I go more of the teriyaki route. Nah, no, nah, I, I like the pepper side, kind of spicy. Yeah. All right, more, more of that, that, more in that, that world. We're gonna, what's your beef jerky? <laughs> what's your beef jerky's going up on our social what's, media? What's Canada your, underscore ATC has nothing to do jerky? with athletic training, but we don't Since care. Since when does what's anything have to do with flavor? athletic training on this goddamn show? Yeah, this is Canada Athletic Training. My name is Chad. I'm... um. Um, I'm still Kevin. Yeah, and your beef jerky is pepper flavored. Yeah, Sasquatch. Do you? How do you feel about the new aged meats? Like <laughs> what? Like <laughs> ostrich and well, they went from beef jerky and then it was turkey jerky and then Chet, like, you, you go Chet, to the those state all, fair. Those things have all been around for a long time. Alligator meats and stuff, <laughs> but you just, they're just more available. Do you? They are more available. I, I will tell you that. Um, are you fine with them? Yeah, do you totally, totally. I mean. I think in this in this state, you get a lot of venison jerky, yes. which I actually really like. Um, it's kind of a little more, more like a sausage uh, to me. Okay. Um, kind of like a dried out sausage. There's one thing Wisconsin. Well, there's a, a few things Wisconsin's good at, but meats are cased meats, and we're pretty good at cased meats and cheese and making beer. milk curd into cheese. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um. I'm totally fine with it. I actually love it. All right. I get really actually I get really jealous of Joe Rogan posting every other day that he's eating a slab of elk. 
I want I want a slab of elk. Can we get Slim Jim to sponsor us? <laughs> Snap into a macho um, man, Randy Savage. You know what? I'll tell you what. Oh, I'd ra- yeah. I'd rather Joe Rogan sponsor us. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> he's got more. Does money he have, than a, Slim does he have Jim a podcast now. network that he's looking for a spot? Yeah, he, he as soon as he owns Spotify, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. Him and Bill Simmons can. Oh my God. Yeah, they can afford us. <laughs> No, I can't. No, you can't, Joe. I dare you. I dare you. You can't do it. You yeah. won't. You won't. Chicken <laughs> little. Uh, so thanks, Hannah Chunt, for the intro. If you have an intro you'd like to start the podcast off, just shoot us an email or DM us on social media, candid underscore ATC. We would love to hear what how you would open the show. How many how many cheap free ways are there to get like You send us an intro. <laughs> send us an intro, write us a review. Or give us a success story. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many ways to be part of this podcast. What do you think's the hardest one? The success story? Uh, or do you think it's actually... Yeah, I think people have a hard time talking about themselves. I don't know why. Because we're all athletic trainers. We all have great things that we've done. I think, um, and you probably, we've talked about it a million times. I think just hearing yourself talk and then sending it over, like yeah. you doing an intro... I bet you feel a lot of pressure to sound like the movie so, intro guy. Yeah, that's true. You want to have that. Coming like, to a theater near you. Yeah, you want to have that cool voice. Absolutely. But none of us do. All you got to do is just do a podcast for a couple of weeks, and then you're like, eh, you don't it care. doesn't matter. Yeah, no <laughs> one's listening. Bob Buecher. Nobody's um, listening anyway. What do we got? What do we got this week? Uh, well, this is coming out on Thursday, September 31st. Is it? 30 no. days, yeah, September. That's October no. 1st. Sorry, there's no 31 yeah. days. And yeah, knuckles. Put knuckles. your knuckles together. So, okay, this is coming out October 1st, mm-hmm. uh, which means you just missed International Pod- Podcast Day oh. and the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So we, next week, we Monday, win? we will let you know, oh. shall we bring home a trophy? Uh, we're getting a trophy. I can feel it. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a trophy. We just might not be for the Podcast awards. Participation trophy, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you a fan of? Participation trophies? Yeah. Chad. Okay. All right. Well, we'll on. move on. <laughs> we have a fun show for you tonight. You can't, if you can't be told you suck at something, you I definitely know. shouldn't be I, an athletic trainer. I agree. I agree. And Man, yes. Ruining If you sports. ain't first, you're last. Okay, Ricky Bobby. I like it. Mm-hmm. Shake and bake, baby. Uh, so we have a success story tonight. Uh, we have a really fun research article that we can discuss. Uh, a would you rather, a social media, uh, and a tip of the week. Let's call them a hack. A hack of the we're week. We're hacking it because we're a bunch of hacks. So that's the lineup for tonight. Okay. Should we do it? I say we do it. All right, let's do it. Kevin, why don't you start tonight off with some success? Some success. Yeah. So um, I asked our good friend, Mr. Gregory Peckles. Yes, yes. That we both went to school with. He was actually in your graduating class. Um, so yeah, he introed, he, was, he introed the show a couple he did. weeks ago. He did. Um, asked him for his greatest success story. And so 
he actually chuckled at me right away, and he said, I don't think you want my my greatest success story. And I said, Greg, I want your greatest success story. I don't care what it is. And at first I thought it was going to be a really inappropriate joke because he's known for that, but it wasn't. He actually, so Greg, Greg is an athletic trainer, and he's been an athletic trainer for about 12 years. He started off his career in the high school setting, and then he left the high school setting in order to get his master's down in um, at the University of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, where he covered various sports, as you can imagine, as a um, college GA, I believe. I think he was a GA. Um, had a hell of a time. And then once he got out of his master's program, um, life happens. And he found himself on a path of athletic training that with starting a family that it was getting hard. And so he found a job in, I believe first he was in, like he was working for, I want to say a brace fitting company, mm-hmm. like a Don Joy, a, a Bauer Find or Fiend or whatever. And then that led into a job with a medical, a big medical company as a, he's in like clinical devices, Mm -hmm. right? And so what he does is he goes in and he he stands in in operations with surgeons and he gets there before the surgeon. He sets up the device that the surgeon needs to implant in somebody. And then as the surgeon is implanting it, he helps guide them and like based on the person and their symptoms and what's going on with them. He is right there hand in hand with the surgeon, um, kind of giving them specs of where he should place it and so forth, so forth, so forth. Then the surgery's done and he assists in, you know, I guess breaking down the surgery room and things like that. And then he does follow-up care with those patients. His success story is that he left athletic training. He left the traditional athletic training setting. And I think if you know me, and I'm sure you do if you've been listening to this podcast, um, you would think my first instinct is, well, F you, Greg. Like, thanks for not being an athletic trainer anymore. Well, it's interesting. It it ties in to our our show on Monday when we had our top five Mm -hmm. regarding career length and spanning and how long you should stay in the profession. Yep. The tradi- and I say that with air quotes here for podcasts for the people at home who can't see me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is a very fine line between, you know, the, the traditional setting and then using those skills in other settings. Yes. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the million dollar question. And the white elephant here is he got out of the traditional setting but his success is that he used those skills to springboard himself into a different profession so in so he sent us a a nice long kind of explanation of why he um considers his career move his greatest success story it was just it's just a little long we want we don't want to necessarily play the whole thing and um not that i don't love your beautiful voice greg but i just kind of want to keep it a little shorter and, you know, so that we can get a little bit more 
talking about why maybe this is truly a success. And he even says that he still uses so many skills that he, when he was an athletic trainer from time management to making sure he's the first and last person there, um, communication with doctors, communication with patients, um, multitasking, multitasking. And not only that, but his, his schedule is better now. He like, you know, he's home every night for, for dinner, according to him. Um, but at the same time, he, he still might have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and get to a hospital. And for him, a lot of that stems from being an athletic trainer and being able to sacrifice maybe a little sleep or sacrifice a couple other things sleep. in his life. What's sleep? I know, right? Just kidding. He's a he's a data too. You could ask him. You can ask him <laughs> how much sleep he's had in the last four years. Um, and he he adamantly loves the profession, and he has told me numerous times, you know, if if he could have figured out a way to blend the two, um, and still be very much a part of his young children's lives and uh, be the father that he wants to be, he would have done it. But he just did not see the path with being a traditional rolled athletic trainer. To me, I mean, he's one of my very good friends, and so therefore I'm very happy for him. I think it is a success because every time he talks about his career change, He's very happy and he's very content with that change. Where I would love to make the distinction is that anytime if you hear me, you know, getting on somebody's case about uh, not being an athletic trainer anymore, it's when you use purposely use athletic training as your gateway to doing something else. And so it's the intention to never really be in the profession. Yeah. I, I fully I fully think Greg had every intention of being an athletic trainer for his whole, entire career. And it just opened up an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. Yes. Got it. And that fit him and his wife's like life well, very just, well. Just think about our role and how many connections and people mm-hmm. and the, just the networking that you do as an athletic <clears throat> trainer. It's incredible. It is. O- opportunities will open up for you. Yep. So. And then... I think overwhelmingly what I like about this idea is he still is an athletic trainer. He keeps up his, his certification, still doing the CEUs. He still covers um, tournaments and things like that. But it, it shows if you, are, if you are an athletic trainer, there are other avenues to have some work-life balance. There are other avenues to not be at the small college if you want to be at a big college, not be at the big college if you want to be at a small high school. There are other careers out there. And what I would encourage everybody is if there is an opportunity that you think an athletic trainer would be really good at and they're not necessarily in that field, try to go start it, right? I think that's becoming more and more popular in the physical therapy performance level, like mm-hmm. performance PT world. I think performance PTs very much were like, man, I wish I could do all the things that a lot of athletic trainers do with professional athletes. Maybe I could do that with CrossFitters. Maybe I could do that with the military. Maybe I could do that with everyday people. And 
to be very honest, that's what athletic training is. It's it's so much performance PT in quotation marks on a podcast. Um, yeah. So you, it, it there are no, there are other avenues out there, and you can still be an athletic trainer. Just don't be an athletic training student if your next goal is to be a PT, please. Yeah, and we covered this. Go back and listen to episode seventy three sacrifices, where we went really in depth on this, like the things you want to give up versus the things you're you're not mm-hmm. going to give up. Uh, it's just yep. it's just a continuation of that discussion. So if 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 you like this talk on Greg's success, go back episode seventy three, listen to our feature topic, and you're going to get a little bit more of that. And by all means, uh, just so that he doesn't get mad at me. He did very much say that if anybody has interest in talking to him or reaching out to him of, you know, why he left athletic training and, you know, what does why does he feel like it was a good idea, um, reach out to me and Chad. We'll get you in touch with Greg. Absolutely. Or his number is four. <laughs> that was almost his number, actually. Just was, kidding. He is, yeah, he's kind of from Wisconsin. He's a Packers fan. Did, did you know that he's now a Packers fan? Oh, when you went there. to school with him, he was a Bears fan. Yeah, good for him. That's Can't how much. Fa- can, that's how much can, family that's means a, to that's him. That's a success story, right there. There you go. That's that's, that's what your success, success story should have been, Greg. No, even though your dad is a Bears fan, I am now and you, a Packers you, fan. That's why you were a diehard Bears fan. You learned your lesson, and now you're a Packers. Hashtag successes. Hashtag success. We got there. Success. <laughs> okay, where are we going with this show next? I don't freaking know. Um, let's go. Oh, social media. Okay. So our friend, Eli Kassab, he had a fun post. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. He never does fun posts. Yeah, if you know Eli at all, he's not very much fun. He's not very positive. He's not got a lot of energy, and he's not very supportive of other athletic trainers. He's also always wearing, like, denim blue jeans. Dull outfits. Yes, dull outfits. Okay, <laughs> so Eli had a post. He said when in, in it was just like a meme based one, like when the clinical evaluation doesn't make sense, and then it was like, "What's your reaction when it's just things aren't going well?" So what's your what's his Twitter handle by the way? Or, uh, I think it's at Eli Kasab. Okay, it's pretty straightforward. Okay, Eli Kasab, E L I K A S S A B. I believe yeah. so. All right. Check so him out. what's your reaction when that athlete comes in and you you're doing the eval and it just you're like, "This is not." making any sense um my first reaction is man i must be really bad at athletic training because this happens all the time <laughs> there's a there's you know what all bs aside there are, it always is just a little self-doubt self-doubt it's like what am i missing what am i forgetting am, did I, is there something that i'm not seeing so a little self-doubt yeah for sure i will say okay so here's the major um happening or like the major idea of that is that like so you're doing the clinical exam yep and then either what the athlete's telling you is not coinciding with the clinical exam or i'm also taking it in the the idea of the clinical exam is like very confusing it's giving you two or three different positive actions and so i don't know if if i should follow what the patient is saying to me or what the athlete is saying to me or should i be just following like all these positive tests that i'm doing well no there's and then there's also the range of motion like 
all of a sudden your head's spinning because <laughs> always is. you're having two positive answers that should mean two different things. Yeah. Or, okay, the first time you did a, a Lockman's, you thought you had some um, laxity, but then the second time you didn't really feel that much laxity. Like, confusing, right? Well, to me, what's the ne- to me, what's the next step? Yeah, they always preach, oh, you should be able to get this evaluation through the history and then you're just using the special test to confirm. And so like now you're like, Oh, I'm just going to check this. And then when it, yeah, you're like, Oh wait, <laughs> that's not, it's <laughs> not, that was supposed to be positive. So my, okay. So do you sweat a little, huh? Do you get a little sweaty? Sometimes a little nervous. Like, Oh, <sighs> sometimes I'm like, fuck, I, I'm just bad. Like I just don't have it today. Like I can't figure anything out today. I had one, I don't know if it was earlier this week or if it was last week where I was like, this is not, this doesn't make sense. So here's here's another scenario I just thought about. Yep. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I actually sometimes, because I've experienced enough athletes and patients that to be very honest, I don't want to say that they're lying about symptoms, but maybe they're exaggerating them mm. or maybe... Mm-hmm. Like and so sometimes I get a little jaded, yeah. That like, so I trust what I'm finding on the exam more than trusting what they're telling me, and sometimes that also gets me in trouble because I, I have little faith right in what they're telling me, but I really should have more faith. Yeah, and it's not everybody. I'm not. I'm. I mean, seriously, I've, I've, it's very rare that it happens. But every once in a while, I find myself in this hole, and I'm like, yeah, right. Like that's not that's when not what's like, going on. What's the motive? What are they? Why are they saying these things? Yeah, and so you just like, get this right. weird feeling about it. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like a hundred percent. It's like uh, mm. all right. I, and then usually, if I'm in that situation, when I'm going to be like, all right, let's just keep an eye on it and see what happens. Yeah. So in my setting, I'm lucky, right? In my setting. You get to charge him for it and say, hey, I, I get come to, back again. Correct. Let's double down. Give me cash. Cash. <laughs> nope. Pay. No, a straight cash. Show the man uh, his no money. No checks. I don't take checks. Um, Give the man his money. In my clinic, like I do, I, I mean, my, my main goal is to address focal adhesions in the fascia, align up their hips, make sure that they're in big picture posture and at least send them away in this neutral position at bare minimum. And I'll tell you, it's, I seriously, every time I doubt what I'm doing, I think of um, Herman Boone, Coach Boone, yeah, right? And remember like when he's talking about his offense and he goes, I run the straight veer. It's like Novocaine. Just give it time. It always works. Yeah. Every time that I'm starting to get, I love a that little, you brought that movie into this. Totally. This is this is great. So every time I start getting a little frustrated that like I didn't immediately fix somebody's issue, I know that as long as I'm checking hips, making sure alignment is good, addressing fascial adhesions, and putting them in a better position than what they came in. I'm at least doing them justice and maybe it's just time and it always works. Um, Do you make them run to Gettysburg? Yes. Okay. 
and I, I hopefully there's like so just a gentle <laughs> a gentle mist how, and how steam away, around me. How far away is Gettysburg from here? You oh think? my gosh! <laughs> hey um, Google, how far is Gettysburg <laughs> from Milwaukee? Seven hundred thirty miles. Do you okay. think that's good podcast? And you just call out of Google. I, I hope that got picked up on the podcast. We'll find out. If nobody can hear it, no. Seven hundred thirty miles. Seven hundred thirty miles, and that's you pick funny. up this ball and you run every one of them, Petey. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think that's my. It's a lot tougher in your situation. It's a lot tougher in somebody's situation that you are. It's the baseball player that's coming in and they say their shoulder hurts. And you're like, well, let's just, you know, make sure your hips are in line and then go back to practice. That's not what I'm saying. But in my world, I I get to at least do that. I think if I was in a different setting or when I was in a different setting, I try to think of like, okay, none of this is making sense. I'm going to address what I think is going on. Let, let's let just make it broad. I think there's a hamstring strain going on. Mm-hmm. They're complaining of um, groin, or like it's they think it's their adductor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to sneak in some treatment of adductor, but I'm going to focus on hamstring. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust, honestly... That what I'm finding, what I'm feeling, is the right way, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna appease them and see what happens. Honest, I, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, and I think for me, it's like, okay, what's what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up being a little bit more conservative in something I don't understand. Yeah. I don't want the to make it worse, so we're probably gonna shut down until I get a, a clearer picture. Or maybe the symptoms change on their end, meaning they have a better idea. Um, and it's like, all right, what's what can I gain here by doing something versus what could go wrong? Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it safe. Yes, and I think if the exam itself is what's confusing, like the actual exam, you're getting too many false negatives, false positives, positives this way, positives that way, is negative, like. Just pick something and work on it. Yeah. Because then at bare minimum, you're treating to rule out something. Yeah. Right. And then you just have one more piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And then it totally. becomes just a little bit more clear. And maybe as you're treating, and my, my hope by saying treating is that you're getting your hands on somebody, you're working soft tissue, you're stretching them, you're, I mean, things like that. Um, you're learning more about what you're finding. All right. Very good. Well, thank you, Eli, for that. That was a good discussion. You didn't even know that you were going to be a part of this podcast tonight, That's but right. you are. We like surprising people. So let's do let's do some research, and then we'll have okay. some. I mean, we've got three segments left. Let's go to the research article. Let's go to the research. So you got this one. I did. So I found it on that Journal of Athletic Training. Uh, their Twitter page, and not even gonna, they just posted it. But the title of it is a social marketing intervention and concussion reporting beliefs. Okay, 
want me to give you the context? Yeah, give me the right. give me the, yeah. This is the evidence based minute, yep. so like, right. I'm timing you. You're on the clock. Okay, concussion symptom education remains the primary approach used by athletic trainers to address un, under reporting of possible sports related concussions. Social marketing represents an untapped approach to promote concussion reporting by communicating the beliefs or consequences of reporting or not reporting, respectively. Okay. So the objective was to apply the expectancy value. Uh, I'm going to skip that sentence. How marketing the possible consequences of concealing concussion symptoms influenced young adults in reporting their concussion. All right. Do you want me to give your results or anything? It's up to you. It's your minute. You're doing it's better than the presidential question. debate tonight. I probably am. Yeah, on your time. Well, I'm answering questions. <laughs> um, oh man, Joe! I really wish Joe Rogan was the moderator. Um, okay, club sport athletes exposed to conse- consequence-based social marketing showed higher levels of positive reporting beliefs and lower levels of negative reporting beliefs than athletes exposed to traditional or revised symptom education. We observe no differences between the traditional and revised symptom education programs. Exposure to consequence-based marketing decreased negative beliefs about reporting and increased positive beliefs about reporting. So in essence, if we as athletic trainers would market socially more that it's okay to tell about your symptoms, more athletes will tell us truthful symptoms about their concussions. That's what it's saying. And you and I had a quick discussion about this before we started recording the show tonight, and we I know we're kind of on the same page here. Yeah. It's like we're athletic trainers. Our job is to talk to the athletes. So, yep. okay, social media can be a tool. Should it be the, the primary tool? Absolutely not. Like, so, it's, like, come on, like... This article... You're trying this, to automate something that we should be doing. Correct. This research article is trying to say, or it is saying, that is more. it's maybe just as beneficial, if not more beneficial, if we were to just constantly put in front of our athletes pop-ups on Twitter, articles on Twitter, articles on Instagram, articles that just come on Facebook, or you know, a little notification saying, hey, it's okay to report your symptoms. Did the article? I don't. I think it's. I think it's true. I think it's actually true. But how fucked up is that? How? What's the click rate? You think? Oh my god! It's probably amazing. It's probably amazing, or maybe not. No, I think if you if you have a it's link saying, I I think you're gonna have a tough time getting athletes to really actually lock read in it, on it and look at yeah. it. Yeah. I uh, maybe, but I think. The truth of it is we are influenced by social marketing, and it is so powerful. I don't know. I think it's like television commercials. Is it like, do you really remember? How many of them do you really remember? You, I guarantee you remember every old ESPN commercial, especially with the yeah, but that's Zach diff- and everybody. That's different. That's that's <laughs> like not an educational one. That's, a, that's an yeah. entertainment one. No, I, I totally understand. So, like, but it gets to the point where you're oversaturated in social marketing, social media. Um, you just tune it out. That's what humans are 
programmed to do is to tune out stuff that they mm. don't want to know. There's, so we're also programmed to intake information without knowing that we're intaking it. What if you're concussed? <laughs> so I get that this is, it would be more beneficial. It's beneficial if they're seeing this information before they're concussed. But after they're concussed, you don't want them on the screen. You don't. So, I mean, I, I, I wanted to make that joke earlier, but really to their point, if they, it's if you get the information fair. before the concussion happens, it's good. After the con- concussion, it's, this is going to be a bad situation. I, I, yeah, I last thought thing about you want it. is I'm staring at a screen. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. That's you, so great. I mean, I thought of that earlier, and I was like, eh, I think they're just talking about beforehand. I just, no, I think, I don't think they thought about it at all. Um, <laughs> no offense. Um, I just think it's alarming, though. I think that's what I get from that article, is that are we dangerously approaching on time and athletic training that it's more important to truly have our athletes learning something from a marketing scheme versus actually what I'm telling that athlete. That's a very dangerous situation. Slippery slope. That is called mind control. Yeah. Yeah. That's that Netflix documentary, whatever that's out right now. I well, think that's what everybody tells me. I so, don't know. so that research is out there. I guess so. You can let us know what you think. I guess so. I don't. I guess I'm undecided. I mean, I understand the concept. I just don't know if I fully buy in. I I I think it's real. I just cannot. I I really hope we don't let it continue. Mm-hmm. I hope we start trusting what. Athletic trainers are the value, saying, the value of like, athletic trainers, I and gotcha. the va- yeah. the value of like actually having a conversation with your athlete versus, and that's just as much on our part as it is on the athlete's part. It's we have to build the trust. Hopefully, we have the athletes have more trust in us than they do in their social media, social marketing. Yeah, Whew, that would that's a scary concept. I, all right, Kevin, give me a hack. Ooh. Let's do hacks, and then we'll finish with a would you rather tonight. Okay. So my hack is um, lately I've had a couple of people that have had snapping hip syndrome, oh. and specifically like I guess internal internal uh, snapping hip. So basically thinking about it, it's your psoas, maybe your iliacus, snapping over um, your humeral head. Or, yeah, no, your femoral head. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, mainly when you are doing um, hip flexion or extending your hip from a flex position. And one of my patients, it was getting really frustrating because everything I was doing wasn't helping. I mean, the standard protocol is soft tissue to the psoas, maybe iliacus, whichever one you think is going on, core control. And it was just so frustrating because no matter what I did, no matter how much I tried every trick I've known to try to get the hip flexor to either activate the right way or to calm down the right way, um, it didn't work until I got him on the ground and you need to be on a firm 
ish surface. So in this case, he was on like a traditional yoga exercise mat. On uh, so there's supine. Knees are bent, feet are flat, feet are hip width apart. Okay, so you're in a standard kind of almost like recovery position. I want you to feel your entire lumbar spine pressed to the ground. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to extend with keeping your foot on the ground, your leg all the way out, and then bring it all the way back in. So ideal situation, either you have the sliders or um, if you're on like a hardwood floor or something, you just use a towel. And then you do it on both sides just because that's fun. But what it's doing by pressing your lumbar spines flat to the ground, you have to learn how to use your core mm-hmm. to get your lumbar spine out of an extended position. And it worked like magic. And so... I've been actually, I love the TVA, and that's really what it's really trying to activate. Um, I've been using it with a lot of people, even people that don't have snapping hip. I've been trying to use that as a good feedback mechanism of how to activate your TVA. So I don't even know what that exercise is called, but press your low back to the ground, extend your extend nice. your leg. That's my thing. Okay. Lightly. I was gonna I was gonna do a rehab hack, but at the last second here I'm, I'm switching it. Oh, um, kind of to bounce off what you were talking about, just looking at someone's posture. An athlete was having low back pain, and I said, "Look, your posture is jacked up." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And so I physically took my <laughs> phone out and took a picture, and I just used the markup tool. Sure. And I just started drawing lines. Look. This is your posture from the side. If I draw a straight line from your lateral malleolus straight up, all these structures should be yeah. on this line, and here's uh-huh. where they are. And then I was drawing the lines of the angle of his back and what we where we want, and then just use the technology that you have because mm-hmm. not all athletes learn the same way. Some might be auditory learners. Some might be visual. They might need that picture, and then, look, here's, here's where we want you. Here's where you're at. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was, and he was like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know my head was that far forward. Well, yeah, yeah. it is. You know, here's the line where it should be, and there's where you're at. It's yeah. not even close. We <laughs> have to fix that. <laughs> so uh, my hack, I guess, is to use technology and to your advantage. Oh, show, show the athlete. Take a picture. It lasts longer. It does. And then put it on social media. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Blast them. Make fun of them all day long. Look at this idiot's posture. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to finish with a fun would you rather. Okay. Um, Was standing out at practice today, and I thought it was starting to get chilly here in the north. It's pretty much almost fall. It's The winter is coming. (laughs) Um, So I was like, I don't want to do anything. And it was really, it's not nearly as bad as it gets. Oh, God, no. It just felt like, oh, boy, we, here we, we go. Still got, we still got 50-something degrees to yeah. go. <laughs> so it made me think, Kevin. And it's 50-something degrees right now. <laughs> you're, you're standing out in a field. Yeah, I'm standing in a, a field. You know, whether it's... A cornfield? Any fi- any sporting field. Okay, sporting There's field. There's no shelter around. Okay, I'm exposed. 
you're gonna tape an ankle in thirty. What degree? am I wearing? Uh, <laughs> polos and khaki. You're an athletic trainer. <laughs> okay. You got to tape an ankle. Would you rather do it in thirty degree temperature, or okay. when it's raining out? What's a worse situation for taping an ankle? Thirty degrees or raining. I'm assuming the temperature is decent if it's raining. Yeah. Because thirty talking, thirty and raining. We're that's talking called snow. We'll just say seventy. <laughs> <laughs> 70 and rain oh like you know what the worst is like 36 and raining um slush oh it's so bad um okay 30 degrees and i have to tape an ankle or raining and tape an ankle i have no protection i'm a, i'm just on a field yep it's like right in the middle of a game 30 degrees you're taking the cold i'm taking the cold <sighs> if i can't like I I would be so frustrated. Okay, so I can get through my I can get my hands warmed up enough. And 30 degrees, I'll be honest, for me probably not cold enough that like my hands are losing function. If it was like 10, then I mean that's pretty I'm going to pretend I'm somebody else and then my hands would actually maybe start like losing that ability to move very nicely and they're starting to go a little numb ripping the like tape rip trying to rip that tape trying to like be steady trying to be oh um it's tough to operate with your hands when they're really when they're that cold but a wet ankle tape job mm. Mm. i mean i'm thinking i could probably block the rain enough to like get the job done but no matter what, I think that ankle tape job is going to be compromised and it's just not doing anything. But I think in a cold one, what temperature could, oh. What temperatures does the tape stop sticking? I don't know. That's a good question. Hey, Johnson and Johnson. Howie's. Howie's. Anyone. Anyone out Anybody. there. Anybody. Tell what, us. Yeah. When well, does Howie's, start to Howie's they, I mean, they're all like freaking ice, ice hockey. and hockey, right? They, they'd probably know better than anybody. So you said you'd rather do it in the cold. I'm gonna. I would rather do it in the cold. Ooh. You know what though? Do you think your athlete wants to be getting taped in the 30 degrees? Yeah. Like have that bare foot for how long? It's gonna. I mean, it's only a, That's a minute the thing. or two. Their foot's gonna be wet. You, you can't not. Their foot's not not gonna be wet. In th- in rain. Yeah. I know. It's it's that classic. Like. You, you, you want to run to your car or you want to go to your car. You use an umbrella, but your feet still get wet. Yep. You know. Um, maybe if you had like a caddy, maybe an athletic training caddy that could hold an umbrella over you, like they do on the like a. Not in this situation. <laughs> Boy, this is actually tough. I that I, sideways rain. Um, maybe that that rain that's coming from underneath you. Talk about Alabama. There you go, Forrest Gump. I think I will agree with you that I think you can just make 30 degrees work. I I think I can make 30 work. Like my hands will hate me for it later. Yeah. But you got pockets later. Man, that's going to I don't know. I'm gonna, Oh god. I'm going to end up with wet socks and maybe miserable in the rain, but that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Though that might throw off my mood. 
If I got wet socks. I don't I'm care not, about I'm your I'm an angle. unhappy taper. <laughs> Does mood affect? There's a research article. Screw your ankle. Can we get that research? Evidence based. Does your mood affect your tape jobs? Yeah. Ooh. I um, like that. Okay. I'll I'll agree with you. Thirty degrees. You know what I thought about though. What? Okay. So. If we've all experienced it, well, I think most of us experience it when your hands are cold. Mm-hmm. They're you know they kind of like shrivel, right? Mm-hmm. Like your your joint, like there's just not a lot of circulation in your hands. Can't so, like bend your hands. Like, yeah, yeah. You lose that ability to fight. So what about what if their foot is cold, and there's just what if their ankle expands once they get their sock on, once they get the shoe on, and then they start running around, and their ankle expands, and then it's too up. tight. I don't think it's warming up that much. It's, no? it's still going to stay cold. No. What if you? What if you're a tight taper? <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. What says you, the people? You make the call. Thirty degrees or rain. in the rain. What do you want to? What do you want to tape in? Thirty degrees or rain. So we'll put that up on the social media. So you know, it'd be a really good like. I mean, all football athletic trainers. This is just. This is their life. It, it probably it, is above above like you know a certain I yeah, don't they know, lati- latitude, but like, I mean, if you're a Wisconsin athletic trainer that works football, I guarantee you you have taped ankles in thirty degree weather and probably rain. Yeah, uh, you might have a tent or something. Sure, maybe or one of high those, schoolers. One of those propane jet heaters. Yeah, maybe D three high school, no budget. <laughs> well, we will see what the people say. We will see. Well, very good. Let's um, let's close this show down. A reminder, if you want to leave us a review or your success story or an intro for one of our programs, Please you can do. do that. Send us an email at candidathletictraining at gmail.com yeah. or just DM us in social media, candidatus4ATC. Yeah. So it's that simple, folks. It's that easy. That's how you get on the podcast. It's October. It's October. Man, that's going quick. Happy Halloween. It's coming. And congratulations for winning the podcast awards. We'll find out. Well, we'll, we'll already Skeptics know by the guide. time you hear this. So maybe yeah. we'll have a celebration. I hope so, man. That'd be really fun. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Kevin. All right, and Chad. everyone, we'll see you next week. Bye.